I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 87 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey there, and welcome back to our third episode of our Science of Reading mini-series that is happening on the podcast this June. I am your host, Sarah Marie, and I have been having so much fun recording these podcast episodes for y'all. And today we're going to be talking all about language comprehension and some of the practical implementation ideas for that in your classroom. Now, if you are like a brand new listener to the podcast, and this is your very first episode you are listening to, first of all, welcome. I am so glad you are here. I seriously love connecting with teachers through this podcast. But since this is week three of a four-part mini-series that we are doing all about the science of reading, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 85 first, which is all about what the science of reading is, why it's important. And I would also encourage you and any of my listeners who have not grabbed it yet to download my free teacher reference guide that is all about the science of reading. It provides you with two visual models of what the science of reading is, as well as explains a lot of the academic vocabulary that you will see or hear when you are learning about the science of reading. You can grab that freebie at stellarteacher.com slash SOR. We will link to that in the show notes as well. And again, if you're a new listener, welcome. And for those of you that have been following along with this series and have listened to the first two parts, I hope you are excited for today's episode. It is going to be jam-packed with information. So know that in this episode, we are really going to be focusing on language comprehension, and it really is a lot. And as I was working through this, I'm like, oh my goodness, this this one key point could be an entire podcast episode. 
So today it really is going to kind of be an overview of the whole language comprehension side of our reading instruction. And I do have plans to dig into some of these areas a little bit deeper. In some cases, I do have some podcast episodes about them that I'm going to refer to. So if you have questions after I get through this episode, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. Of course, I always love hearing from you, but I do have plans to come back and to dig deep into some of these concepts because they are just so good. But let's go ahead and jump right into the episode for today. Okay, if you remember in episode 85, I talked about two different models that really break down and provide a visual of what the science of reading research is and how our brains learn to read. And the first model is based on the simple view of reading, and that states word recognition times language comprehension equals reading comprehension. And then we have Scarborough's reading rope, which has a lot of the same elements. And this idea is that there are two strands that get woven together to create skilled readers. We have the lower strand of word recognition, and then we have the upper strand of language comprehension. And when we weave those things together, we get skilled readers. Now, Scarborough's reading rope does, I think, a pretty good job of kind of breaking down what exactly word recognition is, and that's phonological awareness, decoding, sight word fluency. So we know our students have to have that foundation if we want to get to reading comprehension. And then language comprehension, though, is just as important. And that includes things like background knowledge, vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, literacy knowledge. And when we, you know, combine these things together and we weave them with the word recognition skills, we get the end result, which is skilled readers. And You know, I know, especially in upper elementary, we want our students to be successful. We want to get to that end goal of having them be skilled readers. We want our students to have the tools to be lifelong readers and enjoy reading. But just because we have a clear picture of what the end goal is, that doesn't always mean that getting there is super easy. You know, we can say, yes, I want my students to be skilled readers. I want them to comprehend. I want them to have an understanding of all of those language comprehension skills and the word recognition skills. But like I said, just because we know the end goal doesn't mean that we always have a clear path to get there or always have an easy time of getting there. And I think in upper elementary specifically, we really encounter two challenges that can make teaching comprehension or make helping our students achieve comprehension really difficult. And one of those challenges is that oftentimes you have students that come to you with gaps in their knowledge in some way. They might have gaps in word recognition, meaning they have a hard time actually reading the words, or they have gap in their language comprehension skills. You know, they don't have the tools needed to be able to read, access, and understand the text that they are reading, which means that becoming a skilled reader is challenging. But another challenge that we often see in upper elementary is that the texts become increasingly complex. So even if your students come to you with a really rock-solid foundation, and even if they have been successful with word recognition and language comprehension in the past, and even if up until third grade or fourth grade or fifth grade or whatever grade it is, they have been successful in reading, because the texts become so much more complex, students are now going to be challenged with reading comprehension at a higher level. So even if they come to you with a strong foundation, they might struggle with reading simply because they are trying to read and understand a more challenging and complex text, which means that they might not have sufficient word recognition or language comprehension skills to get to the end result, which is skilled reading. So basically, no matter where your students are at in their reading journey, 
More than likely, if you are an upper elementary teacher, you are going to have to give them some support throughout the year in the area of language comprehension. And you're thinking, okay, that makes sense. That sounds great. But now where do I start and how do I teach it? which is what we are going to talk about in this episode. So language comprehension, as I mentioned before, in Scarborough's Reading Rope is defined as, you know, students having background knowledge, vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, literacy knowledge. And I'm going to break down kind of each of these elements. I'm going to try to explain what they are, as well as provide some practical ways that you can support your students in these specific areas. Now, like I mentioned All of these really could be a single podcast episode, and I have so many ideas to um, come back to these throughout the year and once we get through some of our other summer series. So know that this really is going to kind of be an overview on language comprehension, but we will be digging into these throughout the rest of this year as well. Okay, let's start with background knowledge. Now, when we hear this term background knowledge, that is referring to facts, concepts, vocabulary, ideas, information that is essential and necessary for a reader to be able to understand a specific text. Now, a lot of times we talk about background knowledge and prior knowledge, and a lot of times these terms are used interchangeably, and both are important, but they are slightly different. So when you think about prior knowledge, prior knowledge really refers to what the student is bringing to their reading experience. So this is the facts, the vocabulary, the concepts, the understanding that they already have on a topic, whereas background knowledge is really more text-dependent, and it refers to the knowledge, the terms, the facts, the concepts that students have to have in order to understand a text. So in some cases, students might have enough prior knowledge to where they have the background knowledge to understand a text. But in other cases, even if students have some prior knowledge about a a topic or about, you know, something that is presented in the text, you're going to have to help fill in the gap in order for them to have enough background knowledge in order to understand the text because background knowledge is really text dependent. Nancy Hennessy wrote the Comprehension Blueprint, and she has a really great framework for how you can think about background knowledge. She talks about the ABCs of background knowledge, how when you are thinking about background knowledge with your students, you want to activate and assess your background knowledge. You want to build your students' background knowledge, and you want to connect to existing background knowledge. So let me give you kind of some practical application of what this looks like. And a lot of these things don't have to take a ton of time and can simply be woven into whether it's your whole group, small group, independent reading, wherever it is, these ideas will work. So first of all, for activating and assessing, you could simply do a KWL chart and you could ask your students, you know, what do you know about this topic or this author, this theme, you know, whatever it is that you're studying, ask your students simply, what do you already know? And that's going to give you an idea to assess what they know, as well as activate some of this, some of their prior knowledge, which will help you understand the background knowledge that they have. You could also provide your students with a simple statement on the topic and ask your students if they agree or disagree and have them explain why. You know, if students have to justify their understanding of a topic, you're going to get insight into what they already know. So these two things are really simple ways to activate and assess background knowledge. You also want to think about how you can build your students' background knowledge, and really building background knowledge around a topic or for a text can happen before, during, after reading. It doesn't always have to happen before we are reading. 
This could be simply, you know, identifying vocabulary terms that your students need to understand and pre-teaching these content-specific vocabulary terms. It could be providing your students with pictures, with images, with text features, you know, a map, artifacts, you know, something that is going to support the information in a text that they can, you know, picture and visualize before they begin reading. It can also be stopping at a teachable moment in the middle of a text to make sure that students understand the concepts, you know, kind of going off on those little tangents or rabbit trails as you're reading to make sure that your students do understand the concepts that you are teaching. So background knowledge, there's tons of ways that you can build it. It can be done before, during, and after, but those are just some simple ways that you can build background knowledge. And then you want to make sure that you are connecting to existing knowledge that students have. You know, this can be done by, I think one of the best ways is reading multiple texts on the same topic. Every time we read a text, we have an opportunity to add to our knowledge and connect to what we know. And if you think about it, for example, with this podcast, I am doing a series all about the science of reading. So really every week that you listen, you might be using, you know, your background knowledge or, you know, the knowledge that you have from a previous episode or a blog post that you've read or something you saw on Instagram that you can connect this to. But notice at the very beginning of this podcast, I said, if you have not already listened to my very first podcast on the science of reading, the introduction, go back and listen to that because that includes information and vocabulary terms that you need in order to understand what I'm talking about in this specific podcast. So making sure that you are, you know, reading texts on the same topic throughout the year, that you're revisiting texts, that students have opportunities to add to what they know. And Another really simple way that you can connect to existing knowledge is giving students this, you know, the sort of sentence stem, I used to think, but now I think. And this is a really great way to end any sort of reading experience, whether it's whole group or independent or small group, but letting students say, this is what I used to think about a topic. And now after reading this text, this is what I think, or this is what I understand. And that's just a really easy way to help students connect what they are reading to the knowledge that they already have. So that's a little bit about background knowledge, which is one of the sort of features within language comprehension. So the next sort of element of language comprehension is vocabulary. And, you know, vocabulary is, we know vocabulary is important. We know that there's so many studies and research research out there that talks about how Vocabulary is directly connected to students' comprehension, that they need to know, you know, 90 to 95 percent of the words in order to fully understand it, that students that have larger vocabularies, it's a predictor of how successful they're going to be. So vocabulary is definitely talked about, and we know how important it is when it comes to comprehension. So when we think about helping our students develop their vocabularies, we really want to think about three things. We want to think about the breadth, which is the size of their vocabulary, how many words they know. We want to think about the depth of their vocabulary, which is the extent of their word knowledge. You know, do they know a lot of synonyms and content-specific words? Can they be really specific with their word choice? And then we also want to think about fluency. How quickly can our students access the meaning of a word? Because it's great if a student can see a word, read a word, spell a word, But if they cannot access the meaning of a word, it really does not help them if they can just read it, say it, spell it. Meaning is so important when it comes to vocabulary, and students have to be able to quickly access the meaning of words. So these three things are important. And when you are thinking about your vocabulary instruction, there's kind of four things that you want to think about. You want to think about, are you exposing students to new words? 
And this can be done through read aloud. This can be done through shared readings. This can be done through incorporating texts in other content areas. So using picture books and articles and math, science, social studies. Students need to be able to see and hear a wide range of words, and they need to be exposed to a lot of different texts in order to grow their vocabulary. So making sure that you are really being being intentional about exposing students to new words, reading aloud and independent reading might be my favorite ways to do that. And then you also want to make sure that you are considering what words need to be explicitly taught. And again, this kind of goes back to connecting back to background knowledge. You'll kind of start to see that all of these ideas really build off of each other. Thinking about, for example, if you teach math, what math terminology do your students need to have in order to be successful with a math lesson? If you're a science or social studies teacher, you know, what vocabulary words do your students need in order to understand that specific concept and making sure that you are explicitly teaching those words? So consider if you need to explicitly teach individual words. Now, the thing to keep in mind is we cannot explicitly teach every single word to our students which means we have to give them tools and strategies that will help them uncover the meaning of new words they are reading because we cannot pre-teach every single vocabulary word. And there are tons of different ways that you can do this. And I've actually talked about quite a few of them on previous podcast episodes before. But a couple things that you want to consider when you are teaching like word meaning strategies or teaching students how to uncover word meanings is talking about morphology which is word meaning. So this is where we're taught we're teaching root words, prefixes. Maybe you want to do like a root word of the week routine. Maybe you want to explicitly introduce your students to the top 20 prefixes. You know, being intentional about giving your students access and understanding of these tools. Because if a student understands a prefix and they understand the meaning of it, now they have the tools to every time they see a word with a prefix in it, they can connect it to something that they know. They can probably and for the meaning of it, they have tools to help them identify the meaning of words with prefixes because you've spent time teaching it. You also want to teach your students about context clues, and you want to teach your students the five different types of context clues. And if you have been a longtime listener, then I talked about this back in episode 41, uh, where we talk about the different, you know, the five different types of context clues. So you might want to go back and give that a listen if you have not heard that one. But the five different types of context clues are really an inference, definition, example, antonym, synonym. They stand for ideas. When we teach our students the five different types of context clues, they know what to look for in sentences that have words they don't understand. So if we're telling them, you know, look for a possible definition and what does that look like within the sentence structure? Look for synonyms that could be used, antonyms that could be used. And so it's giving them strategies and specific tools to help them understand how to use the sentence structure and the context and the parts of speech of the sentences that include words that are unfamiliar to them. So again, it's another tool that will help students uncover the meaning of new possible words. And then the fourth thing you want to think about is making sure that you are just creating an environment where students are aware of the words, that students really have word awareness. And All of the things that I just mentioned contribute to this, but thinking about not having vocabulary be an isolated part of your literacy instruction for both reading and writing and making sure that students are aware when they discover a new word that you are, you know, talking about new words. 
and that you have just intentional time to discuss words. And one way that you can do this, and this could be done at the end of independent reading, this could be done after a read aloud, uh, but simply asking students specific questions that connect to the words in the text. So you could ask students, you know, what is one key word that you already knew in the text? And then have them explain what that word is. You know, have them identify what is one key word that you learned from the text. You could ask them, what is one key word that the author wanted you to learn? So can they figure out, you know, based off of the text and what was included and the words, is there a specific term that the author wanted them to learn or know? And then having them even identify what is one specific keyword you needed to know in order to understand the text. And even just asking these questions periodically after a read aloud or after independent reading is going to help your students develop an awareness of the vocabulary words they encounter when they are reading. So looking at vocabulary from the standpoint of thinking about how we are exposing students to new words, how we are explicitly teaching new words, and are we teaching students to uncover the meaning of new words, giving them those tools, and then are we just making sure that they are aware of words, I think is a great way just to approach vocabulary. Okay, so then the next sort of category under language comprehension is language structures. And honestly, this might be one of my favorite things that I have read about and researched this past year. And really, this is one thing that I think often gets overlooked or ignored from a reading standpoint. Now, we do talk about syntax, which is sentence structure from a writing perspective, and we teach our students to identify and write complex sentences, but we don't always think about how complex sentences or really how sentence structure impacts reading comprehension. And like I mentioned, you know, the older a student gets, the more complex text becomes. And a complex text usually is going to have a variety of sentence types and sentence structures. And they're going to have compound sentences and complex sentences. And if a student really does not understand the structure of a complex sentence and how the words and phrases and clauses are combined, they are really going to have a hard time extracting the meaning from it. And if our ultimate goal is skilled readers that can understand what they are reading, students have to have the tools to be able to extract meaning at the sentence level, really. One of the things that you can do, and this is a super simple activity, and you can do this for writing and also reading, and that is helping your students to construct and deconstruct sentences. When students read a sentence, we ultimately want them to understand at the very basic level who or what is the sentence about and what is happening. So really the noun phrase and the verb phrase. And when students go through the sentence construction process, as well as the sentence deconstruction process, it helps them get to the heart of what the sentence is about. So one way that you could incorporate this into your reading block is to give students a complex sentence from your read aloud and ask them to break it down into a smaller sentence or the smallest sentence that they could while still maintaining meaning. An example that I pulled out from the the picture book, Each Kindness by Jacqueline Woodson, a complex sentence in there is, each morning I walked to school slowly, hoping this would be the day Maya returned and she'd look at me and smile. Ultimately, in that sentence, you want students to understand that Chloe hoped Maya would be returning to school. And so you can help students, you know, eliminate words and phrases until you're left with that core idea. You know, they could eliminate the each morning and start with, I walked to school slowly. They could eliminate the Maya returned and she'd looked at me and smile or she'd looked at me and smile. They could eliminate the and she'd looked at me and smile part. 
You know, so the idea is, is let's look at a sentence that's in a read aloud. What can we eliminate to get us to the core meaning of the sentence? That would be sentence deconstruction. And then sentence construction would be the opposite. If you can connect it to your read aloud, you know, or a topic that you're studying, have students start and create a sentence with the very smallest level. So who and what is happening? And then they can add in the when, the where, the how, the why. You know, you could even give them the sentence starters and, you know, answer the question, who is doing what, when, where, how, and why, and they build a sentence. And each time they are answering another question with a detail they add into the sentence. Like I said, we oftentimes focus on sentence structure, which is a part of language structures. And it's all syntax is that formal term that you might see floating around. But We talk about it a lot from writing, but we don't always hit on it during reading. But like I said, if we want our students to be able to comprehend these complex texts, they have to have the tools in order to be able to comprehend complex sentences. So we want to be talking about complex sentences and sentence structure from a comprehension side of things. Okay, so verbal reasoning is another aspect of language comprehension. And if you look at an image of Scarborough's reading rope under verbal reasoning, in most of the images, you're going to simply see two descriptors, and that is inference and metaphor. And while making inferences and understanding figurative language is definitely part of verbal reasoning, this subcategory of language comprehension really includes a lot more. Or at least I think it includes a much more like holistic or encompassing idea of inference and metaphors. And really, if we think about verbal reasoning on a very simplistic level, it is our students' ability to understand what they read or hear and really having those tools to be able to, again, make meaning out of what it is that they are reading. And there are, I mean, a lot of things that you can do. There's, I don't know if there's necessarily a lot that you can explicitly teach your students in a single lesson in order to support them with verbal reasoning. This is kind of like an ongoing thing that we want to be sort of monitoring and paying attention to. But there are really two reflection questions, and I'm going to give some examples, but there are two reflection questions that you can ask yourself to make sure that you are supporting students with their verbal reasoning. The first thing that you want to make sure is, what support do my students need in order to make connections within the text? So we want students to really understand what is happening within the text. And on a text level, this could include, you know, can a student follow a character's actions throughout the story and be able to sequence the events in a text? You know, with that and sort of like that task and those skills, they are making connections within the text. But even on a very smaller sentence level, you know, being able to make sure that Can your students identify who or what is being referred to by the pronouns in a text? And I think even something like this is something that we don't often think about in upper elementary because we assume our students come to us with this. But, you know, if a student said or if a sentence says something like they traveled to a new country, do your students understand who they is referring to? And most of your students probably do, but if you have students that don't understand, you know, pronoun antecedent relationship, they're going to have a hard time making meaning out of the text because they cannot connect the sentence that says they to the characters that it is referring to. So making sure that your students really understand how to make connections within the text. But then the next question to consider is what support do my students need in order to connect background knowledge to what is happening in the text? And this is also really important in order for them to be able to have strong verbal reasoning skills and understand what they are reading. And an example of this would be, 
a student is reading a text and maybe the author or a character says something like, my classroom was a zoo. We want to make sure that our students understand that the student isn't saying that they actually go to school in a zoo, but that they're using a metaphor to give insight to the reader really about the personality and the attributes of their classroom. Maybe that it's a little crazy. It's a little bit hectic. So making sure that students understand when things are written literally and when they're written figuratively. But another example of this would be asking students higher level questions. So a question would be, why would small acts of kindness be a good theme for this book? Or would you describe Camilla as brave? Why or why not? And in both of these examples of questions, students are being prompted to connect their background knowledge. They have to have understanding of theme, of kindness, of small acts of kindness, and then connecting it to what is happening in the text. Same thing with that second question. Students need to understand the vocabulary term brave as well as, you know, understanding examples of that in real life in order for them to connect it to the character's actions in the text. So when you're asking these higher level questions to your students, do your students have the support, the tools, the knowledge to be able to connect background knowledge to what is happening in the text? Just kind of check in with yourself throughout the year and ask those questions, you know, making sure that your students can make those connections within the text as well as making connections to their background knowledge. And that's just going to help you monitor their verbal reasoning. Okay, the last sort of subcategory of language comprehension that I'm going to talk about is literacy knowledge. And this is another one of my favorites because it includes two topics or concepts that I have talked about before and absolutely love, and that is genre and text structure. And for the purpose of trying to keep this episode shorter, I am going to link to two episodes in the show notes where I've talked about both of these topics. And one of those is episode 49, which is all about how nonfiction text structure is the ultimate roadmap for reading. And then episode 31, which talks all about why we should intentionally teach genre in upper elementary. But basically, in order for our students to really understand what they are reading, they need to understand the structure and the setup of how the text is organized. That helps them be able to predict what's going to happen next, to make connections to what they're knowing, to make connections within the text. Again, everything within language comprehension kind of builds upon it, and literacy knowledge is one of those things. It helps with background knowledge. It helps with vocabulary. It helps with even syntax, with verbal reasoning. All of those things kind of connect together. A couple things that you can do. First of all, if you are not explicitly teaching the attributes of genre, definitely do that. Same thing with nonfiction text structure. But two things that I like to do that really help students apply this on an independent level are, first of all, giving students question stems or question frames that are specific for the genre. You know, oftentimes we give students, whether it's like a choice board or sentence starters which is great for their independent reading, but we want to make sure that the sentence starters or the response stems that we give them work for the specific genre that they're reading. You know, if we're asking them to identify the story elements or talk about how the character changed and they're reading an informational text, they're going to have a really hard time answering that question. So making sure that you're giving students or that they understand how to generate questions for the specific genre that they're reading But I also like to teach students how to draw and create their own graphic organizer for the specific text that they're reading. So when you're introducing and teaching your students all about fiction text, you can show them to draw a story mountain, and that's going to help them identify, you know, the basic plot structure. They're going to identify the characters, the setting, the rising action events, you know, the problem, the solution, all of those things. And knowing how to create a graphic organizer for a fiction text is going to help them 
sort of set themselves up to understand what they are reading. And then the same thing when they're reading informational text. So teaching them how to draw a graphic organizer for the nonfiction text structures, description, compare and contrast, cause and effect. I talk about those in episode 49. So definitely go check that out. But literacy knowledge and having that literacy knowledge is really important and an important part of language comprehension. Okay, so thank you for hanging with me through this entire episode. I know I covered a lot and I went through a lot of terms and hopefully you were able to find some practical ideas in this episode to apply. But to summarize, all five of these elements that we talked about, background knowledge, vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, and literacy knowledge, all of these play a role in language comprehension, which leads to reading comprehension. And these are not things that necessarily have to be done every single day with every single lesson, but we do really want to be intentional about thinking about how are we supporting our students' language comprehension throughout the year and throughout our reading block and the various instructional activities that we include. I think a great way to to think about this and language comprehension and how do we teach it and how do we support it is if you have grabbed my free science of reading teacher cheat sheet, then you remember when I described fluency, we talk about how this idea of fluency is when we are efficient readers who can apply a variety of word recognition and comprehension skills at the same time. And these language comprehension skills, you know, are the things that we want to be happening automatically and simultaneously for our students. And in order for them to be on autopilot, pilot, we need to give our students really intentional practice and exposure and opportunities to work on them throughout the year. So while these are things, you know, and some of these things like genre and text structure and even, you know, syntax and those like complex sentences are things that we will teach explicitly and in isolation, we want to make sure that we are referring back to them and referencing them and, you know, talking about them throughout the year so our students do have those opportunities to develop them into automatic skills that they just apply anytime they sit down to read. So hopefully you found this episode helpful. If you have not grabbed my Science of Reading cheat sheet yet, check it out in the show notes. You can head to stellarteacher.com backslash SOR to download it. And if you've got any more questions about the Science of Reading, let me know. Next week is going to be my final podcast episode in this four-week series. It is going to be a simple question and answer style episode. So if you have specific questions, reach out to me and let me know, and I'm going to do my best to answer them in that episode. And then as I've been recording these episodes, I just have so many ideas for future episodes. So especially from this one. So continue listening because we will continue, even once the series ends, we will continue to talk about the science of reading and how we can just continue to grow as educators to support our students' learning of reading. Hope you have a very stellar week and I'll see you back here next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.